Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Pete, and I'm one of the pastors here at Epiphany Station. The best laid plans don't always work out. Uh, our lead pastor, Maddie, was fully planning on being here this morning, but he's been coughing an awful lot this week. doesn't work real well when you're speaking, and so he asked if I would be here in his stead. Move! That's the uh, theme for the series of teachings, and it's uh, recognizing that God has not designed us to stay in one place. As I was thinking about the theme this morning, it reminded me of two people down in Texas that we got to know in Israel. My wife and I, a couple years ago, had the great opportunity to go to Israel, and we met these two people from Texas named Ed and Gail. Ed and Gail, great people. They were struggling with a question, wondering which church they should go to. They really enjoyed both churches. So it'd be kind of like here, you enjoy Epiphany, and then there's another church somewhere that you enjoy equally as well. You're wondering, where do I go? So they prayed about it, and they prayed, and they prayed. One day, Ed needed to go to the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles to get a driver's license. And so the person handed him out of a stack of license plates, a plate. Took it with him, went in the car, uh, threw it in the driver's or the passenger side, got to a red light. Something prompted him to look at this driver's uh, plate, license plate. Now, there's one little detail that I didn't tell you yet, was the name of one of the churches that they were thinking of going to. The name of the church was Christ the King. Now, the important thing to remember here is the first uh, letter of each word. So remember C-T-K, all right? So as he's at that stoplight, he's waiting for it to turn green, he's prompted to look at the license plate. And here's what the license plate literally says. G-O-2-C-T. Okay, how often does God, in a very direct way, answer our prayers that way? Probably not usually the case, right? We might think on the surface that that would really be a good thing if God answered my prayers that way. But then we realize and we, we look in the Old Testament and the nation of Israel and God showed up in very direct ways then and they didn't pay attention. So... Probably not a prescription for growing in our faith all the time, but certainly sometimes those are pretty welcome ways in which God answers our prayers. So this morning we're talking about moving. And as I said, it's not God's design that we would be stuck in one particular spot. Now as I say that, you could live in Thief River Falls all your life, and you could be moving for God all the time, right? has nothing to do with region. I mean, you could, you could move, literally move every year of your life. doesn't mean you're moving on God's behalf. So we're going to look and see what it means to allow God to move in our lives. Did you get a flyer like this? Hold it up if you got a flyer like this. Wave it in the air. Okay, we know you got it. I want you to take a look at it. We looked at this last Sunday, too. If you didn't have the opportunity to join us last Sunday, I encourage you to go online, epiphanystation.com slash 
watch and take a look. We looked at the spiritual journey guide last week, and I just invite each of you, there's a really wide swath here from not believing at all, in fact, resisting, to all the way to adjusting, stabilizing, reproducing in our lives as followers. So we begin with searchers on the left, and the right-hand side is the followers category. So just take a, a brief look at that and see where you may be on that continuum. We can be fortunate, and we are fortunate, to know that our God is not some disinterested deity that's just simply created us, and he's up in heaven, and, and he wound up the clock, and he just let it go, and we're just on our own. That's not the God that we read about in the Bible. It's not who he is at all. In fact, we read that even the numbers of the hairs on our head, and if you don't have hair on your head, then on your beard, he knows the numbers. If a God who created the universe and however many universes there are is able to know the intimate details of our lives, because that's what scripture, that's what the Bible tells us about God, that's, that's pretty good uh, prescription for being able to trust him for the decisions we make in our lives and therefore gives us the ability to move in his direction. Jesus, with his followers, and those who already consider themselves followers after they declared that Jesus is who he says he is, they carved out their beliefs, and Jesus does something particularly problematic in Matthew chapter 16 when he says, follow me. And the prescription that he gives for following him is from Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Let's go ahead and look at that in the New Living Translation. As Jesus is having a conversation here with his disciples, now keep in mind this is before the crucifixion, before the resurrection, and Jesus is talking about picking up crosses. Here's what he says. If any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way. Take your cross, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. Now Jesus is talking about something that is going to alter our lives pretty dramatically when he says, give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Now he's not talking about some kind of feel-good, follow-your-heart sort of thing here because, honestly, our hearts generally aren't a very good measuring stick in which we make decisions, aside from God, apart from God. We're talking about, in concert, deciding, yes, Lord, I want to go your way. 
So step one is simply just to give up on our own way of doing things and making movement towards God. Now some people may think that faith in Jesus, faith in God is just simply believing in Him. Problem with that is when it comes to making decisions in our lives and to uh, allowing Him to influence us, if there's no action associated with that belief, then that belief really isn't much good. And we can look at that action that we take and really understand that it's all about the word trust. And that's what God is really encouraging us, admonishing us, challenging us to do is to trust Him. Because when we trust Him, we begin to take we began to make movement towards him. And then he says something about taking up your cross. Now this is, again, kind of a mind boggler because Jesus said this before he died on the cross and he's talking to his followers about picking up their cross. We know that there were three crosses. There, there was Jesus and then there were two on either side. We, we knew about the thieves. We talked about those thieves last week. And each one made a decision whether or not they were going to follow. Even as they were dying, one realized that, hey, this, this Jesus, he really is who he says he is. And he chose to follow him. But what does it mean? What did it mean for the disciples to pick up their cross? What does it mean for us to pick up our cross? When Jesus prayed to his Father, Lord, and this is paraphrased, I'd be willing, Lord, if this cup would pass from me, that would be great, but yet not what I will, but, what, but your will is what I desire to do. Jesus made a decision to go to the cross on our behalf. We make a decision to pick up the cross that God has for us as a prescriptive way of following Him. Because without it, we can't follow Him. So what is it all about that cross that's so important? We look at our own lives and we ask ourselves, do I ever struggle with my own way, wanting my own way? Well, yeah, I do. Do I struggle with being selfish? Do I struggle with being prideful? Do I struggle with anger? Do I struggle getting along with people that God has placed in my life? We can go on and on. And we recognize that He is really calling us to self-denial. He's not calling us to, to not recognize that He has given us and assigned us importance we have great self-worth as human beings. We're made in His image. But the things that accumulate in our lives and that cause us from going the wrong direction, that's what He's causing us to deny. He's causing us, or He's, excuse me, He's calling us to a commitment to someone greater than ourselves. Taking up the cross is a decision to take His will for our lives. 
in the same way that Jesus expressed to the Father that he would do the Father's will. Follow me, Jesus says. Give up your way. Take up your cross. Follow me. Now I need to add here, we can't do this in and of ourselves. We can't just tell ourselves, I I just need to try harder. We rely on the Holy Spirit. We rely on God's Spirit to give us what we cannot do ourselves. Follow me, Jesus says. I believe that's the best descriptive for being a Christian. What does a Christian mean? It means someone who is a follower of Jesus. Oftentimes you may hear the phrase, I found God. I understand what people mean when they say that, but I think it's most accurate to say God found me. He initiates the process of salvation. He initiates the process of growing in him and in his will. We're called to live like Jesus. Jesus lived his life filled with hope, filled with loving others, filled with forgiving others, filled with being sensitive to the needs of others. Jesus lived in humility, considering others more important than himself. And just to to try to fathom that is beyond our ability to really absorb that well because we're talking about God himself in humility. But that's his call for us in our lives. You you, You see why we can't do it on our own strength. Because it's so otherworldly. It's not naturally how we think or act or are. If God really does know what's best for us, then this decision to give up our own way, to pick up our cross and to follow him, must be worth it. There must be a profit, some way, somehow, in doing this. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, follow me. If you hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. See, the core issue here is that which lasts, that which is eternal. And whether we call it our heart, our soul, it's the essence of who we are, that which is forever. That's what's at stake here. Your life, my life, was given to us so that we might come to learn the most important thing that we could ever learn, to value our soul. 
But we tend to naturally go another direction where we focus, we put our focus on, apart from God, relationships, occupation, adventure, trying to find fulfillment through these things, money. There's nothing really new under the sun. Every generation goes through the same cycles. Not necessarily anything inherently wrong with that list, but apart from God, you see, that's where the difficulty comes. We're called, rather than clinging to all that stuff, to deny it, to give it up for something far greater. And it's not too heavy to say that there is a war that's raged for our soul because there's an evil one he doesn't like when we get close to God. He'd prefer that we would just focus on all that stuff. Some would say we have a God-shaped vacuum in our soul. And only God can fill it. As we wrap up our conversation here today, go ahead and take another look at the spiritual journey guide. Look in the middle, right, where the fold is under faith commitment. You read about two beliefs and one action. The belief is we realize that we are powerless to achieve God's forgiveness. And the second belief is that Jesus is God and has received him as the risen Lord and only Savior. And then here's the action part or the, the trust part, the faith part. To make a decision to turn my life and will over to the care and control of Jesus. Maddie said it last Sunday, what are you going to do with Jesus? That really is the greatest question that we can ever ask or answer for ourselves or for anyone. Every week at Epiphany, we have what we call next step. And loving God, loving people, that's, that's our model. It's not simply a step. It's all kinds of steps, actually. And it's not really about arriving. It's about moving. Because we will continue to grow for as long as God has us on this planet. Some of you may not be at that point where you're ready as you consider what it means to to let go of my will, to pick up a cross, to follow him. That sounds too heavy, that sounds too confusing, or that sounds too much of a sacrifice, whatever it is, you're not ready to make step. And others of you are. Or you've already made that step in the past, and your desire is to grow in experience, in community, in God's word, in prayer, all those things. So let's review. We give up, just quite simply. Rather than our way, we choose God's way. We take up. And all the things that, that are represented in that cross, whether it's our skills, our passions, the relationships that we've formed, 
the past issues in our lives, some of which we've resolved, some of which we have not, all of those embedded in that cross, let go of ourselves and our own agenda, pick up his cross, we can trust him, and then simply to follow. And we can come to recognize that our Father in heaven not only knows what we need, but desires that the kind of life that we would experience on this earth, that we would come to realize how fulfilling it truly can be when we just let go. Truly up to us whether we take that movement, whether we set aside our way and pick up his to stay in one spot or to move forward. As we wrap up this morning and we respond in worship as the music team comes up, also invite the prayer team to come up. Consider where you are in that process of moving this morning. It's not something we can conjure up. It's not something that God has designed for us to do on our own. But we can sense when it happens that the Holy Spirit is moving us to move forward. We'd love to pray with you if it's the first step that you've taken to trust Christ in your life. We'd love to pray with you about that. If it's maybe something that you, a decision that you made years ago and now you are, are just moving forward and you want to continue with the momentum, we'd love to pray with you about that as well. Let's pray together. Lord, as a thief on the cross, recognize that you are God and he is not. He took a step, even as he was dying. He realized that he had nothing to give you but just simply to say, take me, Lord. May we approach this theme of movement in that same manner because really there's nothing that we can give you except our wills, our hearts, our souls, and to know that we can entrust them into your care. Help us now in this process. In Jesus' name, amen.